star running backs won't get their big deals for the second year in a row. First round quarterbacks are not going to throw at the combine. I'm Adam Wright, and you're listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. It may not have always showed it in the stat sheet, but you can see him making throws when he needs to make the throws. Back-to-back games where he has three touchdowns. Someone's got to get that six or seven spot. He's an elite wide receiver as a rookie. Truly a lose-lose scenario for both sides. Welcome to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Adam Wright with Chris Kostich. Yes, that is our new intro. New and improved, it was overdue, man. That was that was a four, I believe that was over a three year old uh intro. That that was Robert from Shelley the 2019 season, yeah. That was it was from 2020, but it was it that was it was 45 seconds long. Most of the players in that clip were out of the league at that point, <laughs> so or not on yeah. the same team, yeah, or not on the same team. Sammy Watkins is, is out of the league, I'm pretty sure he is out of the yeah, league, yeah. No, now. he definitely is. And it was that's all you heard. Sammy Watkins for the touchdown. Great play. And he he did something for the Chiefs, but uh he's not on the Chiefs anymore, nor is he in football. But without further ado, we do have an episode planned for you guys tonight. And uh this is this is pretty eventful. So, first of all, we've received news about several teams with their franchise running backs. I say franchise running backs because these guys are true bell cows in this league among the best who are not only not going to get tagged, but they may not even reach their, uh, they may hit free agency without a deal with their former teams. So Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, this, um, we thought it was a mess last off season. It looks like it's just getting worse at this point. But Chris, what are your thoughts? Austin Eggler, I feel like was you kind of see that one coming. Just seeing the way he was running this past year, he looked like he was running like fullback. So you could kind of figure that he wasn't going to get a a great deal or at least a tag. Uh, Derrick Henry already knew this wasn't going to get a deal, and you know it. That was one. That's why he got the standing ovation in his last game. This was going to be a given. He's not coming back to Tennessee. Uh, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Uh, for Saquon, I expect him to get signed to whatever deal it may be for the Giants. Obviously not going to be that big of a deal considering that they signed Daniel Jones to that lucrative contract. Uh, Josh Jacobs kind of struggled this year. Uh, I would... I wouldn't mind seeing him back with the Raiders, especially under a new head coach and Antonio Pierce, see how they do with the new offense and just new leadership in general. And maybe you would thrive under the new leadership. Yeah. So a couple of these, I do expect to return to their old teams. One side is going to cave one way or another, and we are going to see one of these guys back. Um, that being said, a few of them I do not expect to be back. For example, I think I think Derrick Henry's as good as gone, and I think it would be in both teams, in both sides' best interests to let him go. Derrick Henry is twenty nine; he's not going to reach a long long term deal, probably not for the rest of his career. Um, and the Titans—they're looking to get younger. They're not looking to. They should, if they are looking to extend Derrick Henry, they shouldn't, because they should be looking to get younger. You can easily find another running back, maybe not as good as Derrick Henry, but you can find one who is still productive in this league 
at a cheaper price and who is much younger and will last much longer in this league. Because who knows with Derrick Henry? We're taking it year by year at this point. He's 29. Um, Josh Jacobs, I don't, again, another player I don't think the Raiders should re-sign, but it looks like they want to. That's the biggest issue here. Um, which is which would be a big mistake because he's another running back who's yeah, he's not as old as Derrick Henry, but he's also he looks kind of in the same boat. It does not look like he's the same player. And uh, uh, it you could finish. And I just think with Josh Jacobs and all of these running backs, pretty much all I believe they're all in their late 20s, which usually for the running back position is not young. I just think a lot of these guys, it would not be smart for the these franchises to bring them back. They a lot of them will. I think the Giants will bring back Barkley, and uh, I think Eckler becomes a becomes a Charger again. But with Henry and Jacobs, I'm not sure what happens here. I would honestly say Eckler could even be gone from the Chargers, but I feel like that the rate, like I don't know. Josh Jacobs had under a thousand yards and only six touchdowns averaged under four yards of carry, which is not good by any means. Like you want your premier running back to be averaging four and a half, five, even more than five yards carry at that rate. But there was just so much dysfunction in that Raiders on that Raiders team up until the last part of the year when Antonio Pierce finally took over. So I feel like that a lot of that would have to come down to, all the BS that was going on in the organization. And now you actually have um, what seems like some sort of stability now with Antonio Pierce at the helm. And a lot of these Raiders players are very well receptive to that. They really wanted Antonio Pierce to be their guy, their next guy, especially because they got it wrong, not hiring back uh, Basaccia or whatever his name is. So right. they really wanted Antonio Pierce back because he actually connects with the players. He would, he actually gets along with the players well, and the players receive him very well. So I think that if the Raiders brought back Josh Jacobs, maybe we don't see him in the same light that we did a couple of years ago. But yeah, he would de- he would definitely get back to over a thousand rushing yards. He would definitely get back to at least close to what he was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So Josh Jacobs is going to be 26 this season, which is actually not bad. That's actually not as bad as I thought it was. I thought he was like 26, 27. Uh, That being said, that is once you reach anywhere past your mid twenties, which he's about to go past, he doesn't play quite as well, which is something that I'm a little nervous about, especially since he's coming off a a down season. Could he bounce back? He certainly could. He could have a 1,200-yard season, average four yards a carry, maybe eight touchdowns. That's a really good season. But how many do we think that he will get like that? Because 26, okay, 27, pushing it. 28, that's the point where you're going to be like, okay, are we going to continue to get this kind of production? Where You're not looking at it from how is he going to be three years from now. You're looking at it as can we just get something out of him now? Because this yeah. is unfortunately how the running back position ages, especially nowadays. With the bell cow back, they almost never last. Very, they almost never last past, uh, past their mid twenties. 
mid to late twenties. Uh, look at Dalvin. Look at Dalvin Cook right now. He's twenty seven, and everyone's saying he's past his prime. He's washed. Any other position in professional sports, let alone football, and you're saying, oh, he still has a lot of time left. With running backs, you're twenty seven. You're done. How how insane is that? Yeah, and Todd Gurley hasn't even hit thirty, and he's been out of the league for the last three years. Right. And he has better stats since twenty since he got into the league than everyone else. And I'm pretty sure Ezekiel Elliott was he started to really decline once he reached his mid twenties as well. Like I believe he's thirty now, but he was I mean, he was never the same player like three years ago. Yeah. You know, like we're looking at him. He used to be one of the best backs in the league back in the uh back in the mid to late twenty tens. Now it's 20 in like 2019 it was almost over for him so that's just how insane that this position is Uh, all right i wanted to move on we're going to get to these first round quarterbacks who did not throw at the combine this is interesting not just first rounders like top of the draft potential number one overall picks caleb williams and Jaden daniels most notably are not going to be throwing at the nfl combine that's next this is the Fumble Rooski podcast. It may not have always showed it in the stat sheet, but you can see him making throws when he needs to make the throws. Back-to-back games where he has three touchdowns. Someone's got to get that six or seven spot. He's an elite wide receiver as a rookie. Truly a lose-lose scenario for both sides. I love that intro. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright with Chris Kostich. Uh, we are on to the NFL Combine, and uh, these quarterbacks who wanted to throw, uh, actually who will not be, they'll be some of them will be throwing at their pro day. I guess Jaden Daniels will. Uh, I forget. I forget about Caleb, Caleb Williams, but Chris Caleb Williams have- won't throw. Jaden Daniels won't throw. Um, so guys like JJ McCarthy are going to have a chance here. So really, yeah. Shine out. Yeah, and it makes sense for them because there's like Michael Pitt, uh, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, JJ uh, McCarthy. Their stock is actually really low right now, which stinks because they did have pretty solid seasons, all three of them. Yeah. Um. So it, it makes sense for those guys to throw, but for Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels, again, I have to look back into into Drake May. I'm not seeing um, a whole lot about Drake May right now. I believe he is not throwing, but don't quote me on that. Um, because I saw it this morning, and uh, I just I need to confirm that before I say that on a on a show where we spread facts, not you know, not misinformation. Um, <clears throat> if you wanted to look at that while I'm speaking, well, um, I got. I got this other thing too. It's from NBC Sports Chicago. So it it seems that it's Williams not throwing. Like it's not going to hinder whatever the hell the Bears were going to do anyways. Because obviously Caleb Williams is uh, most notably probably going to be the number one pick. So uh, the quote here in NBC Sports Chicago: Williams is just the latest in a line of top prospects to forego throwing at the combine in favor of the scripted, controlled environment of their pro day. Uh, Andrew Luck, Stafford, RG3, Bryce Young, Sam Darnold, Joe Burrow, and Kyler Murray all did not participate in drills at the Combine. Right. And a lot of those players panned out. Yeah. Like, if, if you think about it, a lot of the players who really flashed their abilities 
Um, and we went over this lap. We went over this last year around this time. We did an entire episode where we showed you all of the players who had great pro days and combines and all the players who didn't do well. It's actually insane to look at the amount of players who, who did not pan out, but had so much hype going into their pro day. Now, some of them pan out. Trayvon Walker is one of the most notable ones in recent memory because he went from being a late round first to the number one overall pick. I say it's not as bad now because he's kind of panned out now. He's a good player. I mean, I don't know if he's better than Aiden Hutchinson, but he held his own this year, which is good for him. Aiden Richard, uh, uh, geez, Anthony Richardson is another one. Uh, that viral clip of him hitting the wall of a stadium when he was throwing in his pro day. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, his draft stop went stock went through the roof. Now I'm pretty sure he was still going to be a, a top 10 pick, but um, I mean, that definitely didn't help things. And he's another player who still looks pretty solid. He could work out. We're not sure yet, but you can kind of see how these play these, the NFL draft <clears throat> really puts a lot of stock into the combine. And these players with already high stock, Drake may, Caleb Williams, and I just confirmed it's Drake May is not throwing at the combine um, per JPA football. It was Jordan Schultz who said it. Um, <clears throat> Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, all not throwing. They're projected to be the top three picks in the draft. So why would they throw? Right? It kind of makes sense. I mean, like people, these these prospects aren't dumb. They're watching football. They're, I mean, these other guys who aren't going in drafts, they're also watching this now. Right, the guys who aren't yet eligible for the NFL draft—they're watching this now. They probably watched when Anthony Richardson was overvalued, right? Or when other players like Drew Brees, his stock dropped. You know, like yeah. you're going to people are going to look at that and they're going to say, "Well, if my stock is through the roof, why would I jeopardize that by possibly not having a good a good combine?" Now, I mean, look if, at look at Tom Brady. He had exactly. one of the worst combines of all time. I mean, granted, there was other factors that went into him plummeting to pick 199, like uh, like his age, bad combine, um, this weird ba- the weird battle that he had with Drew Henson in Michigan. So there, yeah, a, comb- a bad combine can really hinder your stock. And honestly, I'm kind of surprised that Drake May isn't competing in this combine. This is never mind Jaden Daniels or anything like that. Heck, even Jaden Daniels, but never mind those two Williams and Daniels. Drake May, the hype around Drake May was very sudden, very, very sudden. And I still have a lot of questions about Drake May. It seems a lot of critics even have questions about Drake May. There was one that I saw that he ha- he was a more athletic Mason Rudolph with worse arm talent. I did see that. I, I, they were talking about it on Felger and Maz while I was, I was listening, walking the dog off leash a couple hours ago. And I was like, wait, these people are saying that this guy is an unbelievable talent, that he could be the next Josh Allen, which take that how you, how you please, how you want to. Um, he is one of the better quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, Mason Rudolph, more athletic, less arm talent. He was yeah. a third round pick. Not the third overall pick. That's still, I mean, Mason, I mean, look, Mason Rudolph is a pretty decent quarterback by by standards, but like 
that that's just it just goes to show what I was saying. Drake, the Drake May hype was very, very sudden, very, very quick. And that's why I'm a little queasy about Drake May is because of that. It's the media hopped on this bandwagon so fast out of nowhere. And I don't even know which game it was. I don't even know the stats that he had for whatever particular game that he just blew up all of a sudden. Obviously, Jaden Daniels, he put up 700 yards in that one game, and that's when he blew up. So I still even have questions about that. Some of his lowlights, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. But at least Jaden Daniels came away with a Heisman. And Drake May, you don't really know what the hell is going to happen with that. All right. I want to... I want to go because I don't want to go too much in depth with this, but I I, I have a list of uh, from Bleacher Report. I have a list of players who had terrible pro per, terrible pro days, but overcome it. And they actually went into these pro days having high draft stock. It plummeted right after. Vontez Perfect. Ever heard of him? <laughs> well, for better or worse. For better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> for better or worse. Antonio Brown has a few things to say about him. Anquan Bolden. There's a name. Uh, Justin Houston, arguably the best pass rusher in Chiefs history, had a terrible pro, pro day. Uh, <clears throat> Joe Hayden apparently went into this cl- into the 2010 draft class as the top corner. Uh, after his pro day, fell like a rock. Navarro Bowman, one of the better linebackers in not only football history but also uh well not only 49er history but also uh uh football history now he did retire early so he probably won't be looked at that way but he was still an incredible linebacker had a bad luck he had again i'm not going in in depth about this but um he had a bad a uh, bad combine terrell suggs again a great defensive player. Drew Brees, Tom Brady. So I I just don't blame a lot of these players who already have high draft stock not participating in the combine. And the more that that executives and scouts see this, the less stock that they're going to put in the combine, which I think good riddance. I think the the closer we get to ending the NFL combine, the better off we are all going to be because I think you can't just look at, you can't just put guys in spandexes, have them run a million times, have them throw all the, in all these different angles, have have them do all these drills just to test their athleticism. You have to look at pure game film, see how they react to NFL defenses or the closest or the closest that they get with, with the better defenses in college. Look at their film. Look at how they respond to things, right? Like we're going to see if Drake may did throw, we would think, wow, look at that athleticism. He's a number one overall pick. He's not going to, but he would have that kind of stock if he actually threw in there. Um, And they're not going to understand that he was gullible on the field. CJ says this all the time, but whenever defenses in college would bait him, would try to bait it, would try to fool him into doing something. He would fall for it all the time. That's what I mean. That's so it's I mean. really, it's not like, it just, it's not an accurate depiction of how they're going to do in the foot, in the football, on the football field. It just isn't. All right. We want to move on to our final segment, which is, we are going back to the franchise tag. 
So we talked about it in our last episode this past Friday with CJ. Um, all of the best, most popular franchise tag candidates. Now we wanted to ask you, which player do you want to see franchised? That's next. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. It may not have always showed it in the stat sheet, but you can see him making throws when he needs to make the throws. Back-to-back games where he has three touchdowns. Someone's got to get that six or seven spot. He's an elite wide receiver as a rookie. Truly a lose-lose scenario for both sides. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Pal Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. I am Adam Wright with Chris Kostich. And uh, so we are on to our fan box portion of this show where we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday and you can respond with hot takes, questions and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. I memorized that entire thing for like the first time ever. (laughs) Good job. um, All right. Ian Mulhern had a good one. And I think Brian Burns is one that deserves a lot of recognition. Is one of the better, most underrated defensive players in all of football. And the only reason he doesn't get recognition is because he plays for the Panthers. And not just I the Panthers, not just that he that. plays for the Panthers, but because the Panthers suck. At least when Luke Keekley and Josh Norman were in the league, those t- those teams were gritty. They yeah. were they may not have been winning Super Bowls, but they were a tough out anytime you ran into him in the regular season. Our Patriots lost to him a couple of times. If you remember the 2013 season. Oh, yeah. Yep. Akeem Tlaib. Steve Smith got in his head. I think he got himself ejected, didn't he? Yeah, he did. They straight up fought each other, which, I mean, that's exactly what you would think would happen between Akeem Tlaib and Steve Smith, which means it wasn't a, (laughs) which means it, it was not a disappointment, a disappointment of a game in any sense. But the defense, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad things about this. Panthers team the defense is not one of them and they have a lot of good players on this defense Brian Burns is the best one on that team which does say something so that that's a player you don't want to let run out the door yeah my only uh my only quarrel with it is he he did lead the team in sacks there's no f fans butts about it he but he only had 50 tackles this year but you could also say that most of his duties were doing pass rush too so i don't know it so it wouldn't hurt to have him back really yeah um alex nardone said saquon barkley yeah and uh uh, we've had a couple giants fans say that now yeah and i get that you want i think saquon barkley is the one who makes the most sense to be tagged out yeah. of that whole group that we mentioned in the in a couple segments ago. The only thing is, I just don't think you don't want to piss him off. You want to bring this this guy back. We've also had our had our thoughts last last episode, me and CJ, that the Giants may not deserve him. And uh that doesn't mean they shouldn't try to keep him and try to make him happy, which means don't piss him off. Don't make him play under the franchise tag for the second year in a row, because then he'll really walk and he may not even play this season. I mean, we've already seen Le'Veon Bell miss a bunch of games. Didn't uh, I'm for, I'm completely forgetting who did this, but some didn't somebody else also miss out on a lot of games because he didn't want to play. It was Le'Veon. Um, 
Was it? I wanted to say Jonathan Taylor, but he was injured. Um, Taylor was injured. I think he was a player who wanted to, who wanted to skip out. Yeah. Um, I might be thinking of, I was thinking of Alvin Kamara, I think, but I, mm. I think that all got resolved before the season started and then he, then he played. Yeah. But yeah. regardless that Saquon should be a guy that you sign, not tag regardless of that fact. Either way. And, if, and please let us know in the comments if there was another player who, uh, who did hold out, if we're just missing him, it's on the tip of my tongue right now, but, uh, yeah, he's definitely a player you want to re-sign. And regardless of if somebody else did it or not, Le'Veon did it, and it's been a threat for pretty much every running back who's, whose contract was about to go up ever since that has happened. So it's a possibility. If you piss him off, then you lose your best offensive player. So I don't know if you want to franchise tag this guy. You might want no. to just try to get an extension going before the deadline even passes. Yeah. And if you let him hit the open market, then he's going to be tempted by much more competitive teams who have a little bit more money. And then you may not get him back at all. So if you, I like, yes, I think he's a good franchise tag candidate, but you don't want to let him, uh, you want to get the best case scenario is you want to get a deal done. Yeah. All right. Um, this next one, it says King Tex-Mex. Nice. Uh, nice. Uh, he said Josh Allen, defensive end, and Antonio Winfield. Jeez, uh, and Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, yeah. I mean, Josh Allen is one that CJ and I were a little hesitant on because he's always been a decent. Like he's never been bad. If they bring him back on a big deal, then he'll be fine. Is he going to get 19 sacks every year? I don't think so. No. This is about – this is – and CJ has said this as well. There's something that is a massive red flag about free age, about free agents to be, uh, players on contract years, who have, uh, who have career years right before they hit free agency. Like where was this the past four years you've been in the league? You've been a first round pick for how many years? This guy's a this guy was a first round pick, so he's on his, he was on his fifth year. He got drafted twenty seventeen too, right? So he's uh, so he's on his seventh year then. I thought it was five, was it not? Oh, I forget. I thought that him and the other Josh Allen both came in at the same time. Um, either way, it would be uh, because Josh Allen was drafted in twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, um, whatever it was. So sixth year. Jesus, yeah. Uh, Josh Allen, 2019 was okay. for Josh Allen's rookie year, so he is in his fifth year in the league. Uh, well, okay. he just he just completed his fifth year because he was a first round pick, and they picked up his his fifth year option. So it's not it's also it's not like he's a it's not like he's that young anymore, right? It's not like he's a fourth year player who's starting to break out. Five, five. It's like you're a super senior at this point. And now you're breaking out under a contract year. Yeah. I'm not saying he won't be still really good because he is a real, he is a good defensive player for them, but he's not this good. I mean, who knows? Maybe he ends up being like TJ Watt or Bosa or Michael Strahan or something like that, that ends up 
breaking out year four and just continues on that tear. It's a possibility. I'm not ruling it out. No, I'm just, it's a red flag. Is it not like it definitely is, but who knows? Like I said, it could, it could end up being a potential stray hand Bosa thing, like huge breakout season and they continue on. Yeah. Late bloomer. He also had said Antoine Winfield jr. Um, which is an interesting one. I think, um, he's another one that's kind of like Josh Allen where like, he's always been a really good safety, but have we ever saw him as a top five safety? Probably that Super Bowl run. If anything, like he but. was good. He's always been a good safety. Like he yeah. was a really good safety. I could say I'd him a say top seven safety. Maybe he's seven. Like, I mean, yeah, they just, a- they, I mean, the Bucks also just released Shaq Barrett too, so they can make room for guys like Winfield and Evans and Baker. So, right. Which maybe, maybe he doesn't get the tag. He just gets the contract. So he's always been a really good, he's, he was an all pro this year. He was a pro bowler in 2021 and he was a good, he was still a really good safety in his rookie year in 2020. So he's always been a good, like he's always been a good player. Um, but this, I think this feels a little bit less of a red flag because he's always been a really good player and he's still somewhat close to his level that, um, that he was, that he was playing at prior with Josh Allen. It's ridiculous. It's like night and day, yeah. right? Like Josh Allen, he was like six, seven sacks, sacks a year. And then out of nowhere, it's 19. Like, where the hell did this come from? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's an interesting situation. Um, but Isaac Zonana said Christian Wilkins. Um, this is going to be my last one. I'm running short on time right now. Okay. Uh, this is our last one, too. Um, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Christian Wilkins, he had a career year. He's a defensive end. Um and he's never out outside of this year where he had nine sacks, good year, four and a half, his previous highest. And again, another player who just finished his fifth year. He's a super senior. So again, like he was never that playing on that high of a level up until this year. And didn't and forget, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Bradley Chubb just get hurt this season? Just tore his Achilles this year, I think. Yeah. Right. Or ACL, whatever it was. I, right. I just said Achilles because everyone seems to be going down with an Achilles injury this year. Yeah. The, the, it was insane. Uh, is that not something where you look at and you say, well, um, he just yeah, had but, the extra opportunity? But Bradley Chubb also got hurt towards the end of the season, too. So. You could also say that Christian – well, we'd have to look at Christian Wilkins' stats after Chubb got hurt and prior to Chubb getting hurt. Um, yeah. You can keep going while I figure this out. Yeah. Um, and Christian – and uh, Bradley Chubb, um, I'm not sure when he got hurt either. It was somewhat late in the season, yes. Um, but on top of that, Um, like either way, I just don't, he was never that good of a player. You know what I mean? So 
So we look at 2023. I'm all right. Uh, so Chris's laptop just died, but um, this is. I just I just think Christian Wilkins is a bit of a a bit of a red flag here. Um, and if they're going to use the the franchise tag, I guess they could use it on him. It's a possibility. Um, but I would probably stick to not using it. Probably. All right. Well, that is all the scheduled content we have for today. But thank you for listening to us. We have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. And tune in to us on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. We also have all our episodes available on our link in the Instagram bio. So follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast, the latest coverage on the NFL. We also have our TikTok at FumbleRooski pod. So go, go and follow them as well. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.